Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Missy. We are coming at you from the Hubbard Broadcasting Studios here in the Twin Cities. Thank you for listening. This week is episode 51. Our guests today are two social media strategists, Sam Franco and Hello. Isabella Dotzler. Hi. Who are going to give us all the updates on the new Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat features that have been rolling out recently. And joining us as always is our amazing producer, Pat Lager. Who has a cold right now, so I sound really awesome. Okay, I always sound like I have a cold, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Today's episode is sponsored by Hey Orca. Hey Orca makes social media planning for agencies easy. Our team has used Hey Orca over the past year, and it has made our communication and content distribution process much more seamless as an agency. It's such an easy platform for us and our clients to use. The layout makes it a perfect tool for working both on a day-to-day and month-to-month basis. It allows you to lay out content in an easy-to-understand dashboard. Not only is that content calendar straightforward when plugged into Hey Orca, but when it's approved, that content is scheduled to automatically go out on all of your platforms. The approval process with clients is great because there's never a question about if the content is good to go. And it has not only sped up our communication time with clients, but it allows us to communicate with the clients directly in Hey Orca, allowing us to focus more on client communication in the tool versus tons more emails going back and forth. It's a tool we use daily, and we, as well as our clients, can't imagine going back to spreadsheets. See how you can seamlessly plan for multiple clients and get content approvals in the ultimate sandbox for marketing at heyorca.com. So let's get into this week's podcast, number 51, new social media features every marketer should be using. So let's jump jump right into it. There's been so many features that have been rolled out over the past couple of weeks, but so even the changes. past month. So I want to just keep get everyone who's listening today to be updated because I can't even keep straight all the new stuff rolling out. So yeah. let's start with the the big one that's starting to roll out is the Facebook page design changes. So do you guys want to start talking about that a little bit and what users can expect from that? Yeah, so if you have a business Facebook page, you may have noticed in the past couple of weeks, you've gotten a message in your notifications that says, hey, we're going to be changing your page design. It looks like around like the end of August. I think I've gotten like August 23rd yep, on a couple of my accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the biggest change that we can kind of tell with looking at what Facebook has released is that they're putting a lot more emphasis on they're not calling them reviews anymore. They're calling them recommendations. So mm-hmm. I think it's Facebook trying to go back to that, oh, like that personal kind of feel yeah. that they're looking for and making it more like, oh, the reason why you're here is to like interact with people that you know. So they're putting a lot more ev- emphasis on these recommendations. So they're bumping that up on the page and they're trying to make it easier easier for people to connect with businesses so they are adding like a send message thing right at the top of a page and showing users what the recommendation is for the business so it's still going to be like reviews it's still counted the same like as a review but they're just calling them recommendations so i've seen some of my pages have already changed um in the way that they show recommendations yeah so for one of mine um the birthing center that i work on it says like 4.8 out of five according to 175 recommendations so it's still showing like the number of reviews in quotes Mm -hmm. that the page has it's just bumping it up on the page and it's phrasing it a little differently and showing a little differently 
Um, once again, I think in that kind of plea for Facebook to bring it back to that more personal kind of field, not only for public profiles, but for business profiles as well. Love that. And then the other thing too, and this has been out for a while already, but we're starting to utilize this more with our clients is the Facebook cover photo, utilizing yes. more video in that. Um, can you guys talk about that a little bit as well? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely pushing that a lot more. There are still ways that you can like upload a picture and just have like a photo as your cover photo, but they're definitely pushing for more like animation kind of styles or even just having a slideshow so you can pick like a couple different pictures that you've uploaded mm -hmm. and you can have those scroll through as your cover photo, just trying to make things more interactive, which I think we're always trying to do on social media but Facebook has been showing us for a while that it's really favored video content yeah. and now that favoring of video content is being integrated into cover photos as well so is this yeah. do you think this is an effort for Facebook to try to get more people to visit pages rather than just check out posts from people's pages in their newsfeed or why why does this why why do you think they've made this change I think that they're probably, and again, this is just my my opinion, um, <laughs> but I think it's, it has to do a lot with the business side of things with Facebook because people just look at the post in the news feed. So they're trying to get people to go back to, you know, how does this help my business? So for people who have brands and are using social media to get leads and drive traffic, this is a huge effort, I think, by Facebook to really push that um, and get people to go to the page, making sure you're looking at the cover photo, use it as your billboard, looking at recommendations to help mm -hmm. buy more product. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's just what I think right now. One more interaction too, because I think that that is something that Facebook has maybe lost over time is that people really do just go on to like scroll through the feed just and look, maybe yeah. aren't even like actually being like attentive like lookers I don't yeah. know if that's like a right word um on their phone like they're just we're just scrolling to scroll so I think mm -hmm. they are trying to make it more of that interactive platform once again and we know that video is very interactive so maybe that yeah. is a piece of why they're pushing the cover videos so hard and doing some of these changes with the actual business page design and stuff like that um yeah well, and we talk about this a lot too with like when we create content for clients, you know, we love to use a little bit of animation or some video to tell a story because you can fit a lot more than just in one picture. And so using that cover photo to really expand upon that and tell yep. the story of the mm -hmm. brand right there highlighted on the very top. I always tell clients, think of it like a billboard. Um, now a digital billboard that moves um, is a really great way to utilize that space. Um, the other thing that rolled out, speaking of Facebook changes with the design, another thing is they now have an info and ads tab. So you guys want to talk a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah, this is my new favorite feature. Um, so they it. rolled out this info and ads, which you'll be able to see on any business page on the left hand side. Um, it'll be it's usually the last tab, but it'll say info and ads and you can click on it and it shows every ad that they have currently have running. Even if it's not targeted towards you, you'll be able to see any type of video, any type of photo, see the copy that they're using. It's just, at least from our standpoint, it's really helpful with kind of knowing what we're kind of what we would want to do in an ad ourselves and kind of take some pointers and 
Yeah, I think it's cool. So if yeah. you have a competitor and you want to yeah. see what ads they're running oh, yeah. right now, go to their Facebook page, click on this tab, and you can see everything that they're doing from the copy, the look of the ad. Um, I know Sam right now has up the Lowe's Facebook page. And so they're running a video ad right now with some really cool like overlay copy of a design project that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really, really great information in there. It only yeah. runs ads that are currently active. So if the client... Um, if they, if your competitor ran an ad, let's say two days ago, and it's not running anymore, it's not going to show yep. up in that feed. They're only the ones that are actually running right at that moment. You look, yeah, it's just part of Facebook trying to be more transparent, just with the users and the ability to see the general history of the page. So, yes. so another thing, because oh gosh, this is going to be like all Facebook half this podcast. Um, <laughs> the other thing that they're testing out. Speaking of ads is the augmented reality ads on Facebook. Have you guys heard about this? No, you just informed me today. I am mind blown by this. I mean, it makes sense because like they're really pushing that like in general in the tech world right now. Like augmented reality is this cool new kind of thing that (laughs) they're all doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really cool that they're testing it with ads like in I'm assuming it's more of like an immersive like experience, mm-hmm, like definitely. depending on who the client is or do you so, have more? Yeah, right more now. Sephora, right? So right now, <gasps> Sephora is Sephora. Cool. Yes, I was like, Isabel, you're going to love this. Oh my gosh. And so if you have an ad for Sephora pop up in your news feed, you can interact with it in a way. And I kind of compared it to like a Snapchat, like when you do the filter. Yeah. But what it does is you click on it. And then it, you can test out like Sephora's the different lipsticks that they have, and actually oh had, take gosh. a picture of your face, not even a picture, a video, and it will move as you move, mm-hmm. and it the shades and the colors, and you can purchase it and click and go to the website from that ad. Oh my, yeah, gosh, the future that's of ads so is here. That's so cool, yeah. though, and that's uh, just one point. I mean, Sephora that makes perfect sense for yeah. it, but I'm thinking like realtors, like home tours, like pictures yeah. of your home, like. Yeah. Home improvement stuff. Home improvement. Paint, paint colors, pictures on the wall, new couch in your living room. Oh my gosh, yes. Wow. So I much potential about that. there. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be something I would definitely look out for. And when you're thinking about ads, start thinking about how your brand could incorporate something like this um, once it rolls out to everyone. Because they're yeah. just testing it with the big brands right now. Okay. Um, I think Sephora. So Sephora, Michael Kors, Wayfair, and Pottery Barn. Which makes sense. The furniture. Yep. 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 There you go. Glasses, <laughs> yeah. glasses, and makeup. Yep. Mm-hmm. That sounds so cool, though. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Um, the other thing I had heard about is something called keyword snoozing, uh, which sounds weird. I know that you can, like, the past, like, year, I've been able to, like, snooze friends, which maybe I shouldn't even say this out loud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a, some, it's of us, some of us use the muting tools maybe yes. more heavily than others. Yes, okay. yes. I've, it's yeah. there for a reason. Have you guys used that? Have you used a snooze tool yeah, on people? I have. Yes, yep. definitely. Mm-hmm. So those listening, if you haven't, you're scrolling through your feed, maybe someone posts something sorry. and you're like, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I don't yeah. want to delete them as a friend, but I don't want to see their content for a while. You can snooze them for 30 days where you won't see their stuff. Okay. But now Facebook's rolling out that you can snooze things by keyword. So let's say, and again, this is just an example, I don't want to see anything about... Trump in my news feed for the next 30 days I can type in that keyword and anyone who has a post about it or if there's an article wow. with the word in it it won't show up in my news feed and you could do that for anything maybe I don't like cats you know yeah. you could do it for cats yeah. <laughs> I, oh I'm doing it for cats <laughs> <laughs> so like there with I, your path. <laughs> I like the idea of this because there's there are a lot of you know 
sad things out there and you know sometimes social media becomes a very depressing place Mm -hmm. but i don't like that you can censor things you you know it it makes your world a lot smaller yeah yeah so that makes me a little bit nervous that you can do that what are your thoughts on that like i know twitter you've been able to do this for quite a while so yeah i don't i don't know what the implications of that are re-twitter and now that facebook is letting you I, I think it's as well. it's just a digital well-being thing. It's it's trying to make it does make your world a little smaller. But mm-hmm. say you're you're taking out stuff about coffee, it's going to take out good stuff that people are saying about coffee. It's also going to take out bad stuff that people are saying about coffee. So it's not like it's it shouldn't be slanting like in all the privacy election stuff that's gone on with Facebook and ads and everything. It shouldn't sway anybody one way or the other because it's mm-hmm. taking out everything yeah. so to take your trump example it's taking out good and bad articles of trump exactly so i don't i don't know that it's really gonna you know change much other than make you happier on facebook for a month. <laughs> i have a i have a story on the wellness piece of it so on twitter like a couple months back um an artist that i really like a musical artist she had like tweeted an opinion about a song that had came out and I had replied back to her response and like agreed with her and said some things. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, my tweet like took off on Twitter. Like <laughs> people were retweeting it. People were replying to it. It it was like totally wild. I've been on Twitter for so long, like had many opinions on things, and for whatever reason, this like one tweet like just took off and so I had people like initially that were like agreeing and then I had people that started coming in that were disagreeing Mm -hmm. and it got like really intense and literally every time I was refreshing my phone I had at least 20 new notifications of people replying it was like really know this it was like insane well I was trying to like I was at the (laughs) point where I was like this is so like this is taking on a whole new life as sometimes social media can And I was like, I can't like look at this stuff anymore. So I ended up muting the conversations. I muted the artist and like of the not the person that I like, but of the song that wasn't necessarily well received. So I like muted her and like her like name and like the words and things because I was like, I can't like I was like freaking out. I was like, oh, my gosh, like I still stand by what I say, but I like can't see any more about any of this stuff. And it was like. I couldn't like I didn't want to go like on Twitter and like do it because I was just like oh my gosh like this is kind of freaky so I ended up muting those things and it was good and I still now um have those things muted and I changed the way that I get notifications but to only people that I follow now so I'm not getting like any of the other stuff but that moment kind of like changed the way that I like use social and that was just this year in may so from a like a brand perspective what is what does this mean like most of what a brand puts out probably isn't going to get keyworded out by a lot of people and who knows how many people are actually going to use this but i mean the first thing that comes to my mind is like a holiday say on valentine's day i'm single and i don't want to see anybody mention valentine's day so i'm going to keyword out valentine's so if a brand posts a cute valentine's day ad or something that's not going to get seen i mean outside of that i don't know that there are a whole lot of brand implications or am i am i missing something like what is what does this mean yeah i agree and if there's i don't know if it'll affect brands very much but it is going to affect what people see in their feed yeah. so if you are tying yourself with a specific cause or a holiday or something coming up 
if there is some, you know, I don't want like something that's a little bit off with that, people could be snoozing your mm-hmm. your information. Do you think people would be able to snooze? Like, I guess I'm not as familiar, but like if they did hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored, would people be able to mute those so then you wouldn't get oh. any of that content anymore? Because oh. that's like a huge oh. implication for brands. Yeah. For influencers and everything. Yeah. yeah. If people aren't going to, they're going to filter out any of that content. I may have just given people ideas on this podcast right now <laughs> for what to mute. But Don't do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's a really good I didn't point. even think of that. Yeah. Hmm. I want yeah because I'm wondering if there are like because you probably like you can't filter out an ad I would imagine so if they like put money behind it but if it was just like a casual post on a feed mm-hmm. would that like could you like yeah, I wonder if they're gonna have, have restrictions on that for ads or for people that pay money to get posts out there yeah oh interesting yeah that's a good point Hmm. New can of worms just opened. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing that I know Facebook groups, we haven't really talked about Facebook groups a lot on this podcast. Um, I'm part of a few groups. When I was getting married, I was part of a ton of wedding groups. Are you guys part of any Facebook groups? None that I'm active in, I guess. Maybe in college I had like a couple for like classes. And then after that, none. Just kind of dropped off from there. Yeah. Are you part of some? Yeah, I'm part of several groups. We've got one for our office here that we share oh, a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I guess I forgot. Um, want, want. That shows a lot about <laughs> how, how much fun you use our the group, group is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's, I mean, groups are just interests, whatever. So mm-hmm. um, production and lighting and sound is something that I'm into. So I'm a part of several AVL groups and people selling and buying gear or just sharing stuff that they've done or whatever. Um, I know, yeah, wedding groups are big. Um, I was a part of a couple like home improvement DIY groups and that just got to be too much. Everyone was sharing their DIY projects and I didn't care about theirs as much. But (laughs) I know Facebook groups are big, especially right um, with all the changes from Facebook this year and stuff. People are moving more towards groups because you can control the content a lot better. Um, And generally what I found is if it's a group that I care about, when the posts pop up into my news feed, I'm more likely to engage with them because it's from that group and it's about something that I care about. It's not a friend who's randomly posting about something I may not care about. For those listening, if you are familiar with Facebook groups, you have your Facebook business page, then you have your personal profile, and then you can also create groups. And you have to add, um, you can add people to the group if you're an admin, or you can request to be part of the group. So it kind of is almost like a more exclusive space. Think of it, it's, it's almost like an event page on Facebook, only it doesn't have a time limit. People can in- exactly. request to be a part of it, or you can invite people to it. Mm-hmm. You can also be closed or open groups. Yep. So yep. Some, sometimes they can be private so nobody else can join unless you explicitly invite them to it. So that's a good way to, you know, kind of weed out people that you don't want it or want in there. But one feature that Facebook's rolling out, because groups have been around for a really, really long time, but they are starting to roll out a subscription group, meaning that you pay a monthly fee to be part of that group on Facebook and you receive, depending on who owns that group, exclusive content. Um, you get access to cool new features that roll out um, for whatever that brand is promoting. And you guys had mentioned, we are talking about this a little bit earlier, this is very similar to a YouTube thing that's going on. So explain that because I'm not as good with YouTube um, with group stuff. So it's more of like a crowdfunding kind of thing that is just like popular in YouTube. And Pat was talking about how it's popular with podcasts. It's called Patreon. And it's a way that 
users can feel a little bit more immersed in whatever the world is, whether it's a YouTube channel or a podcast, and a way to support those creators more directly. So within Patreon, there are different levels that you can like subscribe to. So if you pay $5 a month, maybe you're just supporting the podcast or the YouTube channel. You pay $10 a month, you get the video or the podcast a day early. You pay $15 a month, you get all of those previous exclusives mentioned plus you get some additional something Hmm. so there are different levels that people can do within patreon and i know from the youtube channels that i've watched that's a really popular way for creators to kind of fund their channels whether they are well they are more well known and have kind of branched off themselves or if they are just starting up um, that's a way for them to make some sort of income off of the content they're creating. What are the perks that you get if you were to sign up? Like, are you getting like coupons? Or are you getting like free things? It, like, it depends on who okay. you're supporting. Okay. Yeah. A okay. lot. Of, a lot of times, it's it is content creators, whether it's podcasts or YouTube or something like that, and okay. so they're not giving you physical stuff. Okay. Like a Kickstarter, or, you know, Indiegogo or something. You're signing up for something that you're going to get, but with Patreon and seems like with this new Facebook subscription group you're probably just paying them because you like their content Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's like i really like your content your podcast that you're putting out so i want to pay you money so that your podcast doesn't go away okay yep okay i just pulled up the patreon and i clicked on so like you can pick different topics so i picked podcast and this one podcast they charge um for one dollar per month you get their eternal thank you (laughs) and you get (laughs) access to pre-sale tickets to their live shows before anyone else oh interesting for five dollars per month you get a decal you get bonus audio content and you get interviews with um all the hosts of the show and then for ten dollars per month it goes up and it adds in different things like um extra episodes um t-shirts random artifacts from the show which so just okay and it goes up from there and this podcast specifically has um forty five thousand dollars per month that's contributed to it from these different tiers wow so I'm so if you want to support the hubbard interactive (laughs) we're gonna start a patreon Patreon, guys we're starting one (laughs) so this is something that the subscription groups could kind of be modeling within patreon but it maybe is a more integrated thing in the sense that a lot of the stuff that you could be getting is content so that content can be posted right to facebook okay. yeah yeah hmm. this is going to be really unique and i'm i'm curious how groups charge and how that looks with the yeah. monthly fee and if people are actually going to pay for it because facebook has been for a consumer standpoint, free for everything you do on there. So this is going to be interesting for that to start rolling out. I mean, they they just did the donations fairly recently. And so people are contributing money in that way on Facebook. And so I suppose if if there's a content creator of group that you're really loving and they go, you're not going to get all of our content anymore unless you pay us five bucks a month, then you're probably going to chill out five dollars a month to keep seeing their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Facebook. <laughs> um, one thing which I actually think this is a really good thing that they're starting to roll out is Facebook and Instagram timer. And you guys are talking a little bit about this. So do you explain what that means? Well, I think that this is something that Facebook and Instagram are trying to get to. I don't know okay. if it's necessarily completely rolled out yet, but I read that Facebook and Instagram are going to allow you to set like a certain amount of time as like a goal for how much you want to spend on social media. So you could say like, 
oh, I only want to look at Facebook for like three hours this week mm-hmm. and Instagram for four. So you can set those kind of like parameters mm-hmm. and then the different platforms will tell you like, hey, like you're almost at like your three hours for this week. And I think it would be very enlightening um, yeah. just to see how much time we spend just mm-hmm. scrolling, 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 yeah. scrolling. And Pat had mentioned that this is something too that the actual like phone providers are maybe trying to help with. Yeah, too. I think the tech world in general is becoming more cognizant of um, technology addiction um, yep. and just time spent on these devices and what it's doing to us as a society. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, both Apple and Google in upcoming versions of their operating system are including this for apps in general. Like, So if there's a game that you play all the time and you say, oh, I don't want to spend more than an hour a day playing this game, you can do that and it'll notify you. I don't know how exactly it works, but Facebook and Instagram are doing this on an app level themselves too. But it's definitely something that a lot of tech companies are are thinking about and trying to help us stay more sane. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like um, in this article that I'm reading about it that they actually, Facebook actually partnered with mental health organizations and experts to come up with this wow. idea. Cool. And you can actually activate it on Instagram right now. So if you go to your Instagram what? and you tap your activity... It, there's a dashboard that will pop up and it tells you your daily average. It has like a whole chart. Like it'll show you daily average how much time you spend on social media. Um, and then you can set the notifications to Yeah, to turn the, the way off. that looks, I mean, it looks like the business settings, like activity usage of who your followers are on Instagram. We'll put a link to oh, the wow. article that I have here that shows you how you can access it and what it looks like um, in the show notes of this podcast as well. Because this is... Ooh, this is going to be interesting, Ooh, a little wow. scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially working in social media. Social media, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, we, yeah, we don't really have a choice. That's so interesting. Oh. But I think it's, once again, it is going to be, like, really enlightening. Yes. Um, as to just where we're at. Better late than never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love that, you know, social networks, and when you mentioned Google and Apple, are thinking about these things and thinking about people's mental health and yeah. what it does to them being on these channels all day so it's it's good to see that they're starting to roll out something yeah. like this well if they want to stick around they should be kind of thinking about those things so mm-hmm. making the world good. a little bit better exactly yes. a little better exactly. every day mm-hmm. um the last thing i want to talk about and this kind of just goes into a whole new thing because we talked about facebook we talked about instagram timer snapchat partnered with SeatGeek. And Pat, you and I were talking a little bit about this. So do you want to explain what this this partnership looks like? This is exciting. And I say that not using Snapchat very much at all. (laughs) Snapchat's Um, coming back. But so with a lot of things in a lot of social media apps, but um, Snapchat specifically, you'd always have to click out of somewhere if you wanted. Like if you saw an ad for something, you'd have to click out of Snapchat to go follow and see this website or product or whatever you wanted to. But now that they've partnered with SeatGeek, you can actually purchase tickets to sporting events and I think concerts too, straight in Snapchat. They literally take a picture of your seat so you can see what your view is going to be at this stadium or concert venue and you can buy the ticket straight through Snapchat and through SeatGeek. So I'm sure it just pulls up the website for SeatGeek in Snapchat and you can purchase your concert ticket right there, but you can see everything. You don't have to go to another site. I mean, I can't imagine how many like ads and stuff venues are running for thousands of seats in in a venue, but you can see the seat that you're buying. As someone who works on a account that sells tickets for various events in the Twin Cities, this is like 
huge and also yeah, as someone that loves to go to concerts and different <laughs> events i like can't tell you though how many times like if i'm going to a seated venue that i like before the show like or before tickets go on sale i'm like trying to go to the website and trying to see if they have like a seat view because mm-hmm. i want to be able to see like okay if i sit in this section this is going to be my view but if i try and get seats in this section this is going to be my view because some sites like different places and venues will have that option available but to have something where it's like literally like this seat right here this is yours yep this is what you're gonna see by the tickets like i'm i'm swiping up mm-hmm. like i'm there i'm so <laughs> well, there it, it got help, me it probably helps <laughs> yeah. a lot with like the last minute sales too because like yes. sometimes it's like i'd go to that concert but only if i can get like a decent seat mm-hmm. so yes. it's like i'm scrolling on instagram oh yep here's two seats second row and it's gonna cost this much i would i think those instant sales are gonna be really helpful for that too you mean mm-hmm. snapchat Sorry, Snapchat. Did I yes. say Instagram? <laughs> it might come to Instagram someday. Instagram will probably I mean, roll it out yeah. because they steal everything yeah. from all the other channels. Yes, no. that's true. Mm-hmm. But I mean, cool though that Snapchat, I think something really big to user experience in general, and I think we can say this as social media marketers, is being able to do more things in app um, and not disturbing that user experience. And so when you click into Facebook or you're on Instagram and having everything open up right within the app and not taking people away. Mm -hmm. Um, We usually see more follow through in the sense of what we want someone to do with an ad, especially with traffic. We're trying to get people to go to a website if it all opens up right within the app. So it's really good that Snapchat now is allowing businesses to do that because that is a really big thing that we see with retaining people and keeping people to follow through. Yeah, it's great for us, but it's also great for consumers. And us as consumers, if I can do two things in an app and get a ticket rather than having eight steps to do once I see it on Snapchat and then have to go find their website and then buy the ticket on a different site, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. That, I mean, that makes it easier for everyone. Yeah. We talked about a lot of different things in the podcast today. So we're going to have all the links of the different updates we've talked about in today's podcast will be in the show notes on episode 51 at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP 51. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to the Social Feed Podcast with Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player to get brand new episodes delivered right to you every Wednesday. Thank you, Sam, Isabella, and Pat, and we'll see you guys all next week. The Social Feed is a production of Hubbard Interactive with music provided by Minneapolis-based artist John Atwell. Today's episode is sponsored by Hey Orca. Hey, everyone. My name is Joe. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hey Orca. We created Hey Orca for specifically two people, um, the social media managers on the agency side and then the small business owners from the, uh, from the customer side. We put ourselves in the social media manager's shoes. So we created it from that standpoint, understanding what your workflow is going to look like. They have to create content, get approvals really efficiently. And then we step into the shoes of the customers. They're really busy. They need to look at things on the fly, on their phones, be able to approve stuff, not wanting to pick up another tool. And so when we created that, we always, you know, ask ourselves, what does that optimal experience look like so that those two teams can be can be on the same page? How can we make an agency such a natural part of uh, a client's team? See how you can seamlessly plan for multiple clients and get content approvals in the ultimate sandbox for marketing at heyorca.com.